Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. We are headed down to one of the great areas of the country that I think almost everybody in Indianapolis has been to several times, talking about Tampa, Florida. And Rick Stroud joins us from the Tampa Bay Times to talk about Sunday's game between the Bucks and the Colts. Rick, it's funny because here we are feeling like it's a Friday and the game is – and then you think to yourself, wait a minute, half these t- the Colts haven't even gone out on the practice field yet from their bye, so probably a lot still to be determined. But uh, first off, man, happy Thanksgiving. I- I'd like to know what's the plan in Tampa for Thanksgiving at the Stroud household? Uh, well, my my wife and kids are in Chicago at her her family's, but I'll be going over uh, to my sisters and my mom, who's uh, ninety six years old, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, so we'll we'll have dinner over there, but uh, I won't have to battle the snow or cold or anything. So that's that's always good down here. That is good. Well, you got to battle mom for the mashed potatoes, man. That's you know that's just like the snow, right? Same deal. There you go. There hey, you go. Rick, let's begin with this. You know, the Bucks probably a lot like the Colts. Um, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you would know this team better than I, but a little bit enigmatic because I think it's sometimes you look at it and you go, okay, it looks like maybe they're, they're, they're starting to go move forward a little bit. And then you wonder if they're just kind of in a holding pattern or assessing things. So, and a lot of that is probably because of Baker Mayfield. So let's begin with that. How has the quarterback play been for them so far this year? I think he's been really good. I mean, I, I think a lot of the, uh, you know, the record stuff has something to do with the, the schedule that they play a first place schedule, having won the division last year just with eight wins. And, you know, you didn't necessarily expect them to beat Philadelphia or maybe Detroit and, and San Francisco. Uh, they had their opportunity at the end of the game, but those were not uh, really big upsets. Uh, you know, they, they have struggled on defense uh, at times. They, they let some games get away. Certainly when you score, you know, 37 points at Houston and CJ Stroud takes you down the field, uh, on the last uh, 40 seconds and in, in scores, that that's a disappointment. I think the loss here to Atlanta was one that they, they feel like they let get away. But the reality is they're in a division um, that is separated by one game. And, you know, at, at the end of the day on Sunday, if they're able to beat Indianapolis and Atlanta beats New Orleans, there'll be three teams in that division that are, that are tied. So uh, they control their own destiny, which is uh, maybe not saying much when you've lost – five out of six games, but um, that's the reality, and, and they, they feel like there's no one in this division they can't beat, so I think from that standpoint, they, you know, the mood is good, they're, they're hanging tough, injuries will be an issue this week, but um, otherwise, you know, they're, they're very similar position that they were in a year ago with Tom Brady, at quarterback, and Baker's done well, he's protected the ball, he's made plays when he's had to, they haven't scored a lot, they've struggled in the red zone, but um, the quarterback has, has not been an issue really this year you know rick it's it's interesting because one thing that colts fans can relate to obviously is when you get into that era where you're trying to figure out whether you have a franchise quarterback that you're going to build around or whether you're doing band-aid veteran guy from one to the next you know it can become almost like a vacuum that's hard to get out of was mayfield brought in originally just as kind of a stopgap to assess and now they're thinking yeah maybe we got something here or is it are there still another direction they may go 
Well, that depends on where you finish, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the draft coming out this year, that's for sure. Um, but, no, I think he was brought in here because uh, they wanted competition for Kyle Trask. Um, they feel like this was still a winnable division, even though, you know, when you're $56 million over the salary cap and you've lost a lot of veteran players, you're trying to thread a needle, which is hard to do in the NFL. Um, you don't have a, an established starter. So, you know, you looked at the landscape, the free agency, um, they couldn't afford Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. And so, you know, they had looked at Mayfield a year ago before Tom Brady unretired, um, and uh, he was available again. And so, you know, to get a guy with his experiences and um, his pedigree, uh, Todd Bowles was familiar with him when he was with the Jets because they, they scouted him. They, they, they may have been able to draft him. He really liked him then. So it just seemed like a really good fit. You know, Baker wanting stability with an organization uh, that still had players that had won a Super Bowl. And, um, you know, so uh, it's difficult when you bounce around at that position, but he's been very resilient. And um, like I said, I, I think he's done a good job. Now, what, what does the future hold? I, I think these next seven weeks will have to say a lot about that. Um, again, you know, where you finish is, is important in terms of the draft, but uh I think he's done everything that they they hoped he would do and, and more, and he's still got you know seven games to uh, to improve on that. So we'll see where it all where it all falls out. But you know, for a four million dollar quarterback, I think they've they're pretty happy with what they got. Hey, Rick, it's Brendan. I'm from Chicago Land, so safe travels to your family up there. I wanted to ask about Chris Godwin. First of all, I'm a Chris Godwin fantasy owner, and uh, production has not been exactly where I would have wished it would be, but he did have 114 yards against New Orleans on October the 1st. Last three games has combined for 109. So his season being up and down, has it been just Mayfield has really preferred Mike Evans, or is there something more to it? Well, I just, I mean, you know, he's always been a high-volume guy, and, and this year has been just a little different in that aspect. But I think, uh, you know, he's still on pace for a 1,000-yard season. You haven't seen the touchdowns. That's been the big difference. He has just one touchdown this year. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that's that's surprising for him, right? Um, but he's still making combat catches. He's one of the top receivers on third down. But it's nothing Chris Godwin is doing. It's just that the offense – with the inability, you know, to run the ball consistently, um, you know, that, that's been an issue for them just staying on the field. And um, But, yeah, they pay a lot of attention to him. They pay a lot of attention to Mike. They really don't have an established third receiver. they got young guys filling that role. They lost, lost Russell Gage in preseason. Um, so, you know, you're going to get a lot of attention. I think last week uh, the two of them had one, one or two targets. Mike had two targets and a touchdown. Chris had no targets through the first half, but they only had the ball three times in a kneel down, you know, so um, your defense has to get the ball back and then, you know, you, you got to score touchdowns, but um, Chris has done everything he's always done, but uh, it's, it's nothing really that he's, he's responsible for. He's still the same player. I think they just haven't had as many good opportunities. And when they do get them, they haven't capitalized on them down there in the red zone. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay times is our guest talking about the bucks who of course will be here to play the Colts on Sunday. Rick, when you look at it, and I ask this a lot to our guests when we do these previews, if if Shane Steichen calls you and he says, look, Rick, you know this team as well as anybody. You've been covering them. You're at practice. You've been, you went through camp. Um, I got a healthy, healthy sum here. Um, we need your scouting report. What does Tampa do well that, that Indianapolis needs to truly focus on? The thing that has allowed the Bucks to win the games they've won is that they are doing what to a high level? 
Well, then when they've won, they've, they've taken the ball away. Uh, they haven't done that of late, and I think that's been one of the reasons why they've struggled scoring and, and, uh, and given up some scores. You know, they haven't gotten off the field. Um, but when they're playing good defense and locking down receivers, um, they, they can be a problem. That's when Todd Bowles can dial up the exotic blitzes and come from different angles and really get aggressive. So it'll be difficult for them this week because they've got to stop the run game. Now, you know, when you have a team like Indianapolis, as you know, wants to run the football, sometimes that's easier. You know, we saw them play Derrick Henry and stop him before he got going, held him 24 yards and made, you know, Will Levis try to beat him and he couldn't. Um, so, you know, their job this week will be similar to that, is that you have to stop the running game with the Colts, who are very good at it. But that means you commit a lot of resources to the run game. Their corners are both beat up. It's going to be a challenge. They're going to have a lot of young players playing. Um, but when they're winning, uh, they're winning on first down on defense and then bring in lots of different pressures and things to try to get the ball, you know, away from, from the offense. One of the things, by the way, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, is our guest. The On the Road segment brought to you and presented by our partners and friends over at AAA Hoosier Motor Club. Rick, one of the things I think that is interesting about Tampa, you know, any time that you transition from kind of one era to the to the next, a lot of times there is a pretty significant dip. I thought it was fascinating the way that they were able with Brady you know, and Gronk as well. You know, you win – they didn't seem to have like the, the absolute fall off the cliff, if you will. Um, what enabled as an organization, I guess, what has allowed Tampa to kind of sustain, as you talked about, within striking distance of staying within the postseason while not having an absolute seismic bottom of the barrel, you know, first three draft pick level restart? Well, again, I think the division is is not at its uh, height yet. You know, there's a lot of new coaches, a lot of new quarterbacks in this division, so they they've been able to, you know, to maintain. You know, there's not many places where you have four wins. You're saying you control your own destiny, right? So that that's number one. But I think also they've done a nice job of drafting players that have come in here and played right away and played at a high level. Um, they they have a mixture of of, of, a, of a bunch of guys with with Super Bowl rings. Um, that are still here and still very productive, like Mike Evans, like um, Chris Godwin, uh, some on defense with Levante David, um, Devin White, you know, different guys like that, and young guys that are ascending still, uh, whether you're talking about Antoine Winfield Jr., who I think is an all-pro talent um, at, at safety and a couple of corners that they're paying like their top corners are not necessarily playing that way. Um, so there was there was a lot of pieces. And, and you know, when you, when you win – those three years of Brady, while he's not here, um, a lot is learned about what what it takes to get to that height, what it takes to to win a Super Bowl. You got to have luck with injuries, number one, um, but it's also about you know winning the day, and and you know it's it's a marathon. It, it really is. You've got to get better, and you know Brady always said one thing, which I think is apropos to this week that. You know the season really begins after Thanksgiving. You know you've got to you've got to stack some wins and be in it, uh, but you find out which teams are going to be playing in, in in January and maybe February after Thanksgiving. So we're here now, and this team has very little margin of error. Um, but we'll find out if they've got a chance or not. And I think that's true. You know, probably for any for a lot of teams that are in that mix, um, you'll start to see some separation now because. You're just running out of runway. You're going to have to get this thing off the ground, or, uh, or you will be one of those teams rebuilding more next year. Now, Rick, in conclusion, this is one of my favorite things to do when we talk to guys from different markets, okay? 
theoretically, there's a restaurant in Tampa. It is the place to be. The entire city is there for a big night. Everybody wants a table, okay? Every buck great is lined up trying to get a table, and there's a there's a four top left. And the manager has to decide what four buck greats get that table based on their popularity to the fan base. Now, I'm going to guess the four, and then I want you to grade my guess. Are you ready? Go. Now, now, hold on. I should say this. I'm taking Tom Brady out of the equation because he was only there for that's a short time. Yeah, okay. that, that's fair. He, okay. he, he gets the whole restaurant if he wants it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably realistically, right? Okay, so yeah. I'm going to go with Derek Brooks. I'm going to go with Warwick Dunn. I'm going to go with Leroy Selman and Mike Allstott. How'd I do? Uh, you did really well. I, I the, and I don't have a problem with any of those guys. I'd, I'd sit down with them tomorrow, and I think that Allstott for sure. Uh, the guys you mentioned, the one I would say is Rondé Barber. Uh, I don't know who he, whose table he takes or whose seat he takes, but Rondé still very active in the organization and a guy that. Um, you know, that's uh, a Hall of Famer, right? So um, not many of those around. So, yeah, I think, I think I might quibble with that one, but I don't know who, I, I don't know who I'm kicking out of the restaurant. Is Doug so. Williams still beloved there, or is he thought of very more so. as Washington? No, very much so. I, I think very much so. Maybe a little less than others just because, you know, his Super Bowl success came in Washington. But um, we could go on and do a show on Doug Williams. He's, he is, he's pretty beloved as well. Well, Rick, I appreciate it. I would put Lars Tate in the mix, by the way, only because he went to my high school, but I'm the only guy that would. But um, Rick, I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, and enjoy the rest of the season with the covering the Bucks. Same to you guys. Thanks. All right, again, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times talking about, of course, this weekend, as we mentioned, the Bucks and the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. On the Road was brought to you by the AAA Hoosier Motor Club. Purchase a one-year Triple Classic membership and save 50%. You can get AAA's legendary roadside service and much more. This time of year, that's critical, by the way. 24-7, 365. Visit AAA.com slash gift. Again, that's AAA.com slash gift. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I would anticipate that the 2 o'clock hour is going to be predominantly your thanks, as well as Matt Taylor of the Colts is going to join us, but we will talk heavily about the Colts' situation and I would, I do enjoy, I hope others do as well, giving you folks an opportunity to tell what you are thankful for either uh, in the world of sports or since the last time that you were at the Thanksgiving table. I know for me, um, and we have been very fortunate in my family, very, very fortunate in this regard that this is the third or fourth year straight that we have been able to say that everybody at the Thanksgiving table was there the prior year. And that certainly, from a familial standpoint, is uh, certainly worth being thankful for. And I'm also thankful for those that are able to join my family and feel comfortable enough to come over because they aren't able to go uh, back to wherever, you know, people from out of town and that kind of thing, or just for whatever reason uh, aren't able to make it to family on Thanksgiving and they come and spend it with ours, and we're thankful for that. Joining us now on the hotline, he is with the 
Indianapolis Star talking about. Brendan, why don't you shed light on what you're going to be doing this weekend and how it pertains to our next guest. The IHSAA Football State Finals, Jake, at Lucas Oil Stadium. I've got the call on the radio of the two-way game. That's the first one on Saturday morning. Fort Wayne Bishop Lures and North Posey. And then be hanging with Coach Bob Lovell on Indiana Sports Talk Friday and Saturday. So Kyle Nuttenrip will be busy with all of that. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to begin with this, and I ask this a lot of you probably when we discuss some of these teams. Um, the best storyline to you, in terms of the teams that are in the state football finals, the one that's the coziest feel-good story is which? Hmm. I would say, I mean, I've, I've covered, the team that I've covered the most probably is Ben Davis. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if it's it's a cozy storyline necessarily, but you know, just knowing a lot of those seniors and the, the 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 senior leadership that they have is a pretty rare. I know it's kind of a cliche, but it's it's a pretty rare thing. It's a, it's a it's a cool thing that some of the kids I've got to know on that team and. You know Andrew Evans, who had an interception return, not quite for a touchdown, but but uh, almost for a touchdown. The younger brother of Chris Evans, and I got uh, you know just kind of you know remembering Chris ran back a, a touch or not ran back, but ran a touchdown against Center Grove in the semi-state and nine years earlier. It was almost to the day I went back and found it and. You know, watching number 12 run up the same sideline in a different situation, but same opponent. It looked so much the same, and then going back and looking at it was was like, wow, that really really is really is close. Same jersey number, same sideline, same opponent, same round of the tournament. But, uh, you know, that's maybe not the question you're asking. But, but that the Ben Davis team just in general has kind of been, you know, it's been a they've, – they've been barely winning these games, uh, you know, kind of similar to Chris's senior year and or junior year actually in 2014 where they had a lot of comebacks a lot of dramatic you know pull it out of the fire type of wins and and that's what this team's done they beat brownsburg in a 18 point comeback in the fourth quarter they beat cathedral on a field goal late um you know get, get the cathedrals thrown in the end zone uh, towards the end there and they intercept it and then center grove which uh you know, no one has beaten them, and it looked like Center Grove was going to rewrite the story again last weekend, and and this was going to be their how they got to a fourth uh, possible championship. So, you know, to be able to 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 vanquish them finally, I mean, that's kind of the story to me is that you know we have a new champion in six A, whether it's Ben Davis or Crown Point, um, you know, and Center Grove's reign. I'm not saying they're never going to win it again because they they most likely will, but at least this. You know, this run of three in a row, which is really fairly unprecedented going back to the Warren uh, dynasty. But, you know, that just doesn't happen in 6A. So this Ben Davis team, you know, getting there and now having the chance to win it, you know, I I think is the, you know, maybe a unique storyline. You know, uh, Luke Parikh is another good one from uh, Chittard, whose brother's played at Ritter and and now he's he's a big leader of that Chittard team so you got kind of a family dynamic uh, in that 3A game with Chittard there's a lot of those type of stories but uh but yeah that's it's a uh, there's there's obviously a lot of them going into this weekend Hey Kyle it's Brendan just to touch on that 6A game I know 6A in the last number of years has kind of been the Indianapolis Bowl right of teams from around the city being in it but Crown Point being there first of all their head coach Craig Bezea former head coach of one of my rival high schools in Chicagoland. So I called a playoff game of his at Homewood Flossboro when I was like 15 or 16, and now he's here, which is pretty crazy. But, you know, Crown Point, they played an instant classic, obviously, two overtimes against Westfield. Do you anticipate that they can give Ben Davis a game? 
I think so. I mean, I, you know, looking at, I didn't really know much about them going into it, but you know, kind of the more, you know, just knowing of them, you know, and then and then talking to Westfield about them last week a little bit, and, and Jay Gilbert, and and kind of what they were expecting. I think most people probably expected Westfield to beat Ground Point, honestly, uh, but you know, that's a, I think a tougher team than you know maybe you would expect because this game, like you said, it's been the Indianapolis's. The, has been the winner of 6A so many years now, and it's just not been anyone other than them. So you kind of, I think you're probably your first indication is to make Crown Point a huge underdog in this game. But you know, but then you look at what they've done and, and kind of their, their personnel, um, you know, I think kind of leads you to think maybe they do have a chance. Larry Ellison, their running back, is he, I, I was talking to Coach Bosea the other day about it. He he hadn't even carried the ball and never played running back up until this year, and he's been really a good player for them. Uh, Eighteen hundred yards. They're a big team, and they can also. I think the the key to me is like they, you know they've been able to throw the. But they're not just the team that's going to try to line up in the I formation and run it down Ben Davis's throat. That's not going to work. <laughs> so not not you know not all the time, uh, but they can throw and, and their their quarterback uh, Noah. No, Ehrlich, he came from uh, Hobart, uh, and he's only a junior, but he's a really good player. I mean, he's he's capable of moving the ball through the air, uh, and that's what you have to do. And, and they do have really good size. So, you know, it's a, it's a school, if you've ever been up there to Crown Point, it's a school that has really nice facilities. Um, you know, you can see why this would be a, a team in the, in the future that's going to be really good. They have a lot of things going for them. And I think a coach now who really understands, you know, what it takes coaching at a big school in Illinois, and uh, he was planning to retire, you know, is is what he said. And now, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, having a lot of fun doing what he's doing here with, with uh, Crown Point. So, I don't know. I mean, the speed of Ben Davis to me, I, I don't know if they've seen a team that has Ben Davis's sort of speed and athleticism. And, and like I said, you can't – the hard part with Ben Davis is their linebackers are so good. To me, that's the key is their front seven. Their, back, their secondary is really good too, but their front seven stopping to run, you know, that's kind of where teams have trouble with them. And, you know, that that's uh, – you know, it's hard to replicate that and until you actually see it on Saturday night. So I don't know. We'll see. I think Westfield probably was a team that maybe is a year ahead of schedule and they made to make it to semi state was a little bit of a surprise. I think we'd see, we thought we'd see HSE maybe there this year going into it. Um, you know, so I don't know. Ben Davis is a better team, I, I'd say, than Westfield. Uh, you know, and it took double overtime for Crown Point to beat Westfield, but they they led most of that game, and they you know they were ahead most of it. But yeah, I think it, it you know to me, I think I think there is some things that will lead you to think this could be a good game. There's also other things that lead you to think you know Ben Davis is a fairly significant uh, favorite. Eddie, you've been sitting over there painting your face for the last five minutes. Sure. You got on a jersey that's like nine sure. sizes too small because it's from when you were 14. You're dying to ask. I know you're dying to ask. Just ask it. Ask for the preview. Go. Do it. Sing the fight song. Come on. <laughs> you're a hawk. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, I went to Decatur Central. So What's what a fight you... song? Do you know the Decatur Central fight song? Uh, okay. Yeah, but I'm not going to sing it. Come now. on. Oh, come, come on. on. It's, no. it's the Show day before pride. Thanksgiving. No. There's nobody else in the building. No. <laughs> Kyle, can you believe this? Where did you go to high school, Kyle? I went to Lincoln East in Lincoln, Nebraska. So is Lincoln fight song? What's Lincoln East? What's their mascot? What What are they like? The Bulldogs? The Spartans? What are they? 
Spartans. Yeah, they are the Spartans. Uh, yeah. You got on the second try. Well, <laughs> I knew that. I just threw out my Spartan sweatshirt like an hour ago. Okay, so so now in, in your and those goons at West, you hated West, right? Those guys suck, right? We hated. We had. It was weird. We had East, Northeast, and Southeast, and there was Lincoln High. So it really made no. Now there have been there are other additional schools, but we had we had well, East, Northeast, and Southeast. Wait a minute. The, the east side of Lincoln is South Dakota, isn't it? Or like or Missouri? The east side of Lincoln's Missouri, isn't it? I don't understand uh, what I think Southeast was built before the rest of the city kind of <laughs> rolled out that what? direction. So. Yeah. You had Lord. Yeah, so it was kind of a bizarre. Uh, the the names were a little bit strange. But if East but. was in the finals, I mean, look at Eddie. Like Eddie over here is trying to be Mr. Coy guy. Like he's not. This guy was up until two in the morning planning a pep rally for crying oh, out loud. Sure. Right? Sure. So so what is? Let me ask you this. Eddie has been assigned the task, Kyle Nedenrip. Eddie Garrison, as a proud alum of the Hawks, he has been assigned the task of organizing the victory parade through Mars Hill. Now, the question is: Is he going to be able? Is is he going to be reprieved of that because they're not going to win? Give me the DC breakdown. No, I, I'm, I'm. I think he needs to. I, I think go ahead and, and get everything set up for that because I, you know, and Snyder. I think this is a fun matchup. And I was talking to Kyle Enright about this uh, Monday. Is they kind of mirror each other, you know, talent wise and, and skill position wise. These two, I think this this possibly could be the best, most fun game of the of the weekend. Um, you know, I think it could be a lot of points scored. But Decatur, to me, I think they're you know they have a really good quarterback, uh, Bo Polston, who. You know, only a sophomore. You know, Michigan offered him. IU's offered him. He's got a lot of Big Ten and and other um, you know schools looking at him. But the way they can run the ball, they ran the ball all over uh, Bloomington South last week, and they've got a really good uh, fullback. And I wrote about him earlier this season. But Albert Aguirre, who missed all of last year uh, with an injury, and he's been able to come back and and kind of be a leader for them and and lead the way as a, as a blocking fullback for. Uh, Info Dodo and Casey Berry, who both are about a thousand yard rushers. So, you know, I, I, that that to me is the key. If they can run the ball like they have been against Snyder, uh, I think they're gonna gonna win this game. I'm gonna pick them to win it. But but Snyder also has some some serious talent. They have a really obviously a really good history of uh, tradition at, at football at uh, Snyder, and you know I think they're gonna be you know I think they're gonna be capable of putting some points up as well. Uh, Uriah Buchanan's there. Uh, their senior running back, and then Karan Billingsley is their quarterback who gave Warren Central some trouble this year. They beat Warren Central, so that should tell you a lot about what they're capable of doing. But, but yeah, I would go ahead and set up, Eddie, go ahead and set up the uh, the parade routes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know it's going to be hard anyway. for him to drive the car with the talons because he's got the outfit on as the Hawk, right? <laughs> it's a good thing it's a short drive, 20 minutes from between <laughs> some Lucas Oil Stadium uh, to Decatur Central High School. That's right. That's exactly right. Or do you have? And you're wearing the Hawk outfit to the game, is that right? Uh, well, I'll be producing the game, so I will not be able to attend. Do you do it? Do you do ah ah? Do you do it like a, a sound effect or anything? No, I do not. That's your hawk impression. Yeah, that's the best I can do. I was a panther. I, you know, it's been a while since I've impersonated a hawk. Uh, all right, Kyle. So busy couple of days for you. Listen, I love it. I think it's great downtown. You got the Pacers playing. You got the Circle of Lights. You got the football state finals. So, last question for you, Kyle Nedenrip, is this: You are thankful for what for Thanksgiving? I am thankful I'm going to be able to spend it with my family, and and uh, I'm thankful that almost all of my preview stuff is 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 close to being done. So how about that? I'm I'm, uh, I'm hoping not to work a ton tomorrow. So, but I but I still got a lot. I got a little bit to do, but 
but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely thankful for this weekend as well. I mean, from a professional standpoint, to uh, you know, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year uh, to to always be at the state finals, and and I really do enjoy it. And I hope people get down there and, and enjoy it as well because it is it, it's one of the more fun. We're pretty lucky to be able to have that at uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium and all six teams and and everything. It's always a fun way to end the football season. Now I'm looking up, by the way, the notable alumni of Lincoln East High School. Oh boy. Uh, they got like seven listed here. Uh, I'm a, you're not there, which is odd. You should be, to be honest with you, because they, <laughs> they got some guy named Dan Brown as a blogger. Now, that's not Dan Brown, the author that wrote all the conspiracy theory books, right? I don't think so. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a while since I've uh, He goes by the back. YouTube alias Pogo Bat. Okay, that guy's out. He's not. That's not a notable alum. Um, <laughs> now, you got Eric Stokes, NFL scout and executive. Are you familiar with him? Yes. Yeah, he was about four or five years older than me. Played played in the NFL for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Kent Wells, you familiar with him? Yeah, uh, another football player. Played with the Giants, right? Sixth round of the uh, the ninety draft. Uh, Robert Zatechka. Am I right in that? And how I'm saying that? Zatiska. Yeah, another football player. Played Zat- in Nebraska. Zatiska. Okay, so he was a Husker, right? Probably played for Osborne. And then mm-hmm. uh, Mike Zentik. Is that right? That that's an allergy yeah, medication, isn't it? <laughs> his, his Mike Zenick's uh, dad Lee was a uh, a really good. He was a coach at Lincoln East where I went to school for a long. He was my coach for a couple of years. Played with the Cowboys retired. and the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. And then Kyle Nedenrip. Kyle Nedenrip's the last one that's in there, right? Dec- yes, I did graduate from there. So it does I'm say at the bottom, Kyle Nedenrip, noted Decatur Central believer. That's what it says. Okay, well. Exactly. Eddie, Eddie obviously is getting on Wikipedia, which anybody can edit. Uh, Kyle, we appreciate it, man. <laughs> Enjoy the holiday, all right? All right, thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. All right, Kyle Nedenrip. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We will check in with Matt Taylor in just a couple of minutes here. Colts and Bucks coming up on Sunday. It's funny, Brendan, because, and I get it, I mean, we're obviously off the next two days. But they post each game day the Twitter prediction for all of us for the game, and they already sent it out. Hey, what's your prediction for the game on Sunday? I'm like, uh, dude, have they even practiced yet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of early to guess, right? We are uh, very much in the business of that. Of It is a true predictor, right? Without knowing injuries and whatnot. Yeah, Josh I mean- Downs is practicing today, I just saw. So that's helpful. I would imagine virtually everybody that was of health question is going to be at some point on the field, right? I mean, uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, they didn't, you know, the Colts don't have, I mean, some of those players that were questionable or dinged up going into the bye, one, I don't know that anybody had anything that was bad enough that you would assume they're out. You would assume that they've mended, right? Ryan Kelly wearing a red jersey today. Still progressing through concussion protocol. Man, I'll tell you what. That's the second one of the year, right? He had he's one had, early he's in the had year? a couple, right? I mean... I think he's had two this year. Yeah, I, w- I would assume at some point you would start to think about those things. I I think any player... I mean, I understand if any player decides, 
enough's enough, right? Have you felt like there has been an abnormal amount of concussions this year? Excellent question. And Brendan, I have felt like I, I, I've asked that several times on this show, kind of rhetorically, of are we seeing more concussions or is there greater precaution about them and thus they are taking more things as a sign and being more precautious? And I think it's the latter. But it certainly feels like the awareness or the discussion or the mention of them is more so than in years past. No question about it. Uh, Joining us now in the program, he is the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Taylor, joining us. And Matt, look, the elephant in the room would be this, and that is that it was just about 24 hours ago that we got the news that Shaquille Leonard uh, is being released by the Colts. So I guess the question for you would be, we kind of know, I guess, from a numbers and snaps reps standpoint where that's made up because he has not been on the field a lot or with the frequency that we had seen in his his zenith years for certain. Um, but just were you kind of overall surprised by it? And, you know, what do you think the overall temperate of the locker room is with that news? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I was I was surprised by it. I mean, I'm not... Anytime you you know just just to to read those um, those words and to, to to say it out loud, the fact that you know Shaq Leonard, a guy that was drafted in the second round, is a you know four time All Pro player and a three time Pro Bowler, and um, you know set the franchise record for for tackles in a single season in 2018, and um, defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, I should say, uh, back in 2018. Just it, it's just a reminder of how. The NFL is a cruel bottom line business, you know, and, and guys in the locker room today, um, you know, they were real about it and they, 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 they know. I mean, the NFL stands for not for long. And, um, you know, not, not to say that I'm numb to it, but, you know, anytime Andrew Luck retires, uh, you know, 10 days before a regular season opener, you've basically seen it all. And, you know, this is just another, uh, again, chapter and reminder that the NFL is, it, it's a bottom line type of deal. And, you know, if you're not, um, and I, and I think it's through, you know, no fault of Leonard's, um, Leonard's ability. It's just, the, I think injuries kind of robbed him of, of who he once was and who he once was, was just phenomenal. I mean, from 2018 to 2021, um, I don't think we've ever seen it uh, around here in terms of production and splash plays on defense. I mean, those four years, 17 fumbles, picked off 11 passes, recovered seven fumbles, um, he had 15 sacks. I mean, that's just unheard of. But, you know, again, when you have basically four procedures done in the span of two years and two different procedures done, uh, well, I guess I guess three to, you know, one, one on an ankle, two on a back, trying to address the same problem, um, it's just really unfortunate what, you know, what those injuries and what those procedures did to derail his his career and his trajectory. But, if you know Shaq and his story and the amount of fight and the amount of work and sacrifice and dedication he had just to get back on the field this year and to play as much as he did this year and to look as, as good as he did, certainly not up to where he was, but um, I don't think a lot of people understand the backstory of just how much sacrifice there was for him just to be available to play football again this year considering what he went through in 2022 and 2023 off the field going under the knife. Matt, I, and I apologize, I broke my own radio rule because I had said at the beginning of the show that every person that came on today, we were going to lead the conversation, whether it be callers or guests, 
with what you are thankful for, either in the world of sports or since last year's Thanksgiving that has taken place over the course of the year. So, table is yours, pardon the pun. You are thankful for what? Oh, man, so so much. I mean, I, I guess if I have to narrow it down, I would just say, you know, first and foremost, family. Um, unbelievable wife, unbelievable parents. Um, great, great. I have one sibling, older brother, and his kids, his family. So just incredibly thankful for them. I'll spend the day with them on Friday. I'll see my in-laws tomorrow and, and their family. Incredibly thankful for them. Um, and, and two, just so, my two kids right now are at such a fun age. They're six and three. They keep you on your toes and they say things. <laughs> they say things. You're like, how did you, where did you hear that word? Or where did you hear, you know, that, that phrase? And, and they, they use them in just perfect context. So I'm just thankful for, you know, the laughter and the time that we're getting with them, um, you know, as, as two young kids growing up. And, um, yeah, just, just thankful for, for everything to be able to be in this position to, you know, do the, do the job or have the job that I grew up, um, you know, wanting as a 10-year-old kid. So that, all of that's not lost on me. So those are the big things that I'm, I'm probably thankful for this year. Yeah, I mean, overall, obviously, we've got pretty good – pretty fun jobs right with good people and, and fun stuff around us um so certainly echo those sentiments for certain um matt when you look at coming off of the bye week take me through and we had talked to kevin about this earlier in the week but a typical week for the colts in terms of their schedule is what and this week deviates when you consider coming off the bye combined with the mm-hmm. holiday uh how are things different this week it's really not, to be honest with you. I mean, they're still going to practice on Thursday. The only difference might be that they, they're going to speed up the day or kind of bump up the day earlier than they normally would, right? They're going to practice earlier, probably on Thursday. Um, but they, they're still going to get in all their work that they normally do on a Thursday. You know, coaches joke. I know Rick Venturi always kind of, kind of jokes about this. You know, like in the life of the NFL – like Thanksgiving is just Thursday <laughs> for all intents and purposes, right? It's it's red zone day or blitz pickup or whatever the routine is in terms of practice that week. Um, so they're still going to practice and, and go through their meetings and all that stuff, but they might do it a little bit earlier the day than normal so that guys can, you know, get out of here maybe at, you know, 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock instead of getting out of here at 5 and 6. So they can go home. And a lot of guys obviously don't have an, uh, enough time to – go back home and be with friends and family. So a lot of guys will kind of team up and get together at one another's house um, and then have Thanksgiving uh, dinner together. Maybe somebody will cook or maybe they'll have it catered in. But the guys will pretty much kind of congregate um, with one another at a couple of different houses and homes and, and spend Thanksgiving you know, evening together um, despite not being you know with friends and family that can fly in just for the the short turnaround do they still do the prank this was a manning era thing matt so it predates uh when you would have been the voice of the colts but but maybe they carried it on but they used to do a prank where and i think manning was the spearhead behind it but they would send rookies into grocery stores and tell them that like oh yeah that you know that grocery store partnered with the colts and you get a free turkey you just have to go in and ask for it (laughs) and then they would videotape like these guys going into the manager like yeah i'm here to get my free turkey They don't still do that, do they? I, I don't know. I, I'll have to ask guys maybe later today or tomorrow. Um, I've, I've never heard of that, but that's that's fan, that's fantastic. It's like 
I used to paint houses as a kid. Um, you know, my my summer job in high school and college, I, I painted houses on a paint crew. Probably and with like first, one of the football coaches or something like that. Usually, right? It's usually like right. Yeah, yeah. So my my first my first day on the job, I'm maybe like 16 years old, and the guy that had been on the crew for probably like five summers in a row, he sends me to Porter Paints, and he says, "Bring you know get get two gallons of paint. You know, we need a." Uh, scrub brush, and he goes, and also pick up a left-handed paintbrush. And I fell, <laughs> I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, dude. Like I was so naive. So it kind of reminds me of something like that. There's just seven paint stores before they're like, "Hey, man, <laughs> I got news for you." Right? A left-handed paintbrush, just like a left-handed drumstick. That is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> uh, Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, is our guest. So. Um, you know, Tampa's an interesting matchup. I don't know that we know as much about the Bucks, Matt, just because they're they're kind of one of those teams we haven't heard a lot about this year, right? But four and six, Baker Mayfield, I think, has probably played um, yeah. maybe exceeded expectation and and has worked his way into being a guy that's going to get another look in Tampa. But do the Colts really start getting into what Tampa does just yet, or is that does that come once they get back out onto the field and resume things for the back end of the week? Yeah, they're they're on that today. So they're they're very much in game planning mode today. And you know, it's crazy if if you look at I know we kind of talked about this in weeks past kind of what what could be and what could be set up for the Colts if they can get to 5 and 5 and and now that they're here, if you look at the last 7 games, I know you guys have talked about this, but I mean, they're they're all winnable. You could win all 7, you could lose all 7. I mean, that's that's life in the NFL, I suppose. But I think for in a lot of different ways that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of present some of the most unique challenges for the Colts in their final seven. I'm not saying it's the most difficult game on their schedule, but you know certainly on offense they've got premium players at, at the wide receiver spot and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, um, and then you mentioned Baker Mayfield. He's I don't think he's going to be confused with a top ten quarterback, but. I don't think he's nearly as bad as some of the, the critics um, you know, have poured on him over the course of his career. I mean, right now his quarterback rating is kind of middle of the road. Um, his completion percentage is trending to uh, being a career high for him at 64%. And he's just a really, for lack of a better term, he's a really good like under-pressure quarterback, both you know against the blitz, so physically he's good against the pressure, but he's just a really good like backs against the wall type of guy, you know, in the third quarter, fourth quarter, or a game-winning drive. Baker Mayfield has historically been pretty good in the NFL in those types of moments. So um, you have to contend with that. And then, you know, their defense is good against the run, just like it was two years ago. I mean, it's kind of ironic that the Colts are playing the Buccaneers um, at Lucas Oil Stadium uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. They did that two years ago in 2021 same weekend and remember that was the year where the Colts of the game where the Colts they threw it like 26 consecutive times between the third quarter and the fourth quarter there were a bunch of called passes and some RPOs that were thrown by Carson Wentz and they kind of went away from the run in that game I don't think they can afford to do that this time because they still have some of those same players and Vita Vea and uh, I know Kalijah Kans he's a rookie but Shaq Barrett's back and Levante David's going to go if, if he's healthy enough on Sunday. So they're really good against the run, not very good against the pass. So it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic here when you look at the Buccaneers. They're 4-6, and six, only a game out of first place in the NFC South. So in a lot of ways, they've got a lot of name recognition. They've got eight pro, former Pro Bowlers on their team. So it, it's almost like 
individually they're better than the the team performance, but they can beat you in any given Sunday here. And so I think this game on Sunday for the Colts kind of represents maybe one of their stiffest challenges the rest of the way on paper in their final seven games. Hey, Matt, Brendan here. Good to hear your voice. Happy Thanksgiving. I, I had this on my list of questions, and since you brought it up, I'll, I'll ask it now. You mentioned the last time the Bucks were at Lucas Oil. Uh, two of the last three years, you know, you get the state finals Friday, Saturday into Colts Bucks on Sunday. But you know, part of that game, you know, you were calling one of those classic Tom Brady fourth quarter comebacks. So, you know, as you were calling that, was it just kind of like in a vortex? You're like, oh, here we go. He's got the ball with two minutes to go. Yeah, it, it, that that was. I mean, the Colts have had so many heartbreaking losses at home in the last two and a half years, and that was one of them. And again, like I go back to the fact that you know Tom Brady's not there anymore, but you know that they still have a ton of just individual great players. I mean, Evans and Godwin routinely over a thousand yards. Evans has been over a thousand yards nine straight years, um, despite not running it very well as a team. In fact, they're thirty second in the league at rushing. I mean, Rashad White is a really good athletic pass catching back, so maybe they can kind of, you know, get some hidden yardage uh, and some scrimmage yards with him to kind of make up for their lack of a traditional running game. Chase Edmonds is really good as well, you know, individually, and just th- their defense is just, I mean, it's 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 kind of a who's who. I mean, Winfield's been in the league for four years; he's a just a do it all player at safety, you know, tackles for loss and sacks and passes defense. Um, but the, the caveat with, with their defense, um, specifically this week with their secondary, they're kind of banked up. Jamel Dean's got an injury. Um, so does Carlton Davis. The big one would be Levante David. If, if he can't play on Sunday with his groin, that would be a big-time advantage for the Colts. He's been in the league since 2012, and he's – I mean, I think it's an understatement to say he's the captain and the leader of that defense. He's the guy that kind of makes everything go and gets guys lined up and – Playing in the you know in, in the right harmonious direction, if you will, similar to how Zaire Franklin does with the Colts. So, if he can't play on Sunday, that would be a big time advantage for the Colts, especially in their running game, trying to establish Jonathan Taylor and to not have Gardner Minshew. I mean, even though they can take advantage of the Bucks in this game um, through the air, you don't want Gardner Minshew having to throw it forty plus times in a game like this. Matt, all of the Colts players are getting together for a Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. Tell me the player, you know, there's always a guy on a team that when they walk into the locker room, the tone is set because every they just have a natural leadership about them where everybody just kind of defers to their mood, if you will. That happens in any workplace. I think we know that Zaire Franklin has that tendency about himself and has become a captain, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, you know, the quarterback typically just naturally has that aura about them. Tell me the guy that walks into the room when everybody's getting ready to eat and then they realize, oh, wait a minute, he hasn't filled his plate yet, so let's stop and, and just kind of wait for him, <laughs> that people would be surprised by. Tell me the guy in that locker room that has that oh. presence amongst his peers that people would be surprised by. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, if, if you know, the obvious ones would be, you know, if, if Ryan Kelly's still hungry, you leave the last drumstick for him. Same thing with DeForest Buckner. Um Man, it's a, like kind of a, a de- you're going for like a deceptive leader. Yeah, one that, that people'd be like, man, that, you know. In other words, and this is going to sound Matt like I'm really putting you on the spot here, but I think that like if we walked into 
Porter Paints, and while we were buying a left-handed paintbrush, we asked the guy behind the counter this question. He's going to say <laughs> Ryan Kelly, DeForest Buckner, Zaire Franklin, yeah. right? But somebody listening is going, well, Matt Taylor's the voice of the Colts, and he sees the locker room from time to time, so he might have insight of somebody that would surprise the left-handed paintbrush guy. That player would be who? Um, maybe Julian Blackman, Kenny Moore. You know, those two guys have a quiet presence about them, but they're incredibly, you know, widely respected across the locker room, despite what side of the ball you're talking Julian about. Julian Blackman's a good one because he's a yep. – and he's also been – I've I've always felt, Matt, you know, when healthy, he's been kind of an underappreciated – like they know what they're getting out of him and he – I think he plays his part well when he's healthy, right? But oh, he doesn't yeah. get a lot of pub for it. And he's only missed when you, you talk about being healthy. I think he's only missed one snap all season. Yeah, but I mean, I mean it, early a, in his career, that was an issue, right? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. He had the Achilles injury a couple of years ago, but it's a big year for him. I mean, it's a contract year, and I mean, he's he's been an absolute steady force for this team um, at the safety spot. And he's he switched positions uh, in the offseason. He went from free safety to strong safety. Another guy that it has, it just has this quiet confidence about him that everybody respects and would probably leave some extra mashed potatoes for, would be Sam Ellinger. I mean, everybody just respects the heck out of that guy, and he just goes about his business and keeps his head down, and he's a good teammate, doesn't disrespect anybody. You know, he's always prepared, he's always ready. So he's probably going to have some leftovers. Um, just kind of scouring the roster here a little bit. Maybe Zach Moss, too. I mean, it seems that for the, all the same reasons. I mean, he's he's taking a step back now in terms of workload and snap count because of Jonathan Taylor heating up. But, I mean, what more did you want from Zach Moss in the first five games of the season? So he might deserve some extra turkey, too. Okay, now give me the guy, Matt. Give me the two, maybe, that are the, the funny uncle. The ones that come in and immediately everybody's <laughs> glad they're there because they're going to like, like, like everybody's sitting around. They've just said grace. It, it's kind of serious. And then this guy cracks a joke about how undercooked the stuffing is. Everybody laughs. The mood's <laughs> lightened. And you're like, that's why that guy's there. Cause everybody loves him. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is pretty, he's, he's a, you know, he, he, he's a ball buster, if you will. Um, probably Grover Stewart. I know Grover's still obviously serving that, you know, six game suspension, but you know, in terms of team camaraderie and hanging out with the guys outside of the building, that's still allowed and within the parameters. So you know he's going to be there. Everybody talks about him being the the he's like the the guy that's always willing to dish it out. Grover's just it. more diligently checking the ingredients, by the way, for what it's worth. There's <laughs> no doubt. Um, so th- those are the guys that come to mind. Trying to think about somebody else here, maybe maybe somebody else on defense. Tyquan Lewis is a. He's 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 a guy that'll that'll give it to you pretty good. He's an instigator, as they say. So yeah, those those are the guys that come to mind in, in terms of that. Yeah, Matt, is there ever? In, in, I can't remember off the top of my head, so I'll, I'll defer to you on this. When you're coming off by, the, the, when the team is, is slow start a possibility? I mean, does it take a second for teams to kind of get back in rhythm on Sunday against Tampa, or is it the opposite? Is it like, hey, they're, they're rested, refreshed, and ready to roll? Well, I think for a lot of these guys, I mean, you talk about Josh Downs specifically. Uh, hopefully for his case, like he's just – I mean, I talked to him today about an hour ago in the locker room, and he said he feels like right now, comparatively speaking, um, with how banged up he was, 
uh, playing only like 15 snaps in Germany against the Patriots. You know, having that full week off and not having to practice and getting some more rehab and getting some more doctor's eyes on his knee, he said right now he feels like it's like the first day of training camp in terms of how good he feels. And I always felt like, you know, as a broadcaster, as a guy that's like in the in the in the in the grind of of just getting ready for games, I would personally like to have a bye kind of mid October. Kind of it breaks up the start of training camp, um, kind of like ten weeks in. You know, when you factor in training camp and preseason games, mid October is a good like break for me. But when you talk to like players and coaches. They want it basically where it was by week and and, and and late November or, or mid November because you, you get a week off before the home stretch and the home stretch is always the the weekend after Thanksgiving. You got seven games left. You, you're you're fully um, mentally prepared for the magnitude of all of these games. You're getting physically right. So I, I think in this case it it, it should hopefully jumpstart this offense. It's been kind of sluggish the last two games. They've been under 20 points on offense in each of the last two. Um, so hopefully you know, the, the big playability comes back with a healthy downs and Pittman and Jonathan Taylor feeling right, ready to go physically and mentally with about a month and a half left of the season. Matt, I do. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I have a question about Shaq, and let's say five, ten years from now, around here publicly, because you mentioned at the start of this interview the Hall of Fame path that he got to, got, that he got started on, right? I mean, there's no questioning that. But do you think around here publicly, folks are going to remember more what he did or more so what could have been without the injuries? Oh, I, I don't I don't think there's any question. It's about all the moments that he had. You know, again, from 2018 to 2021. I mean, it's kind of like how we view Peyton Manning right now. Like, I don't think a lot of us think of how many Super Bowls the Colts should have won or could have won uh, after that 2011 season. You just remember, I mean, name recognition and, uh, I mean, whatever you want to call it, like the, the first thing that pops into your brain when you think of Peyton Manning, you just think of 12-4 and four every year and winning the AFC South and hosting playoff games. I mean, that's, that's what I think of anyway. So I guess I can only speak for myself, but, you know, when I have um, name connotation in, in 2028, um, with with Shaq Leonard or Darius Leonard, it's going to be just how dominant he was when he was healthy, and you got to put that in you know in, in an asterisk, I guess, because even when he wasn't healthy, you know that that, that entire 2021 season when he played with that ankle, which kind of started all of this in terms of him going downhill with the injuries. I mean, he he gutted through that entire year with that nagging ankle injury, and still led the NFL with 15 takeaways and was named first team All Pro. So that's those are the types of things that I'll remember Shaq Leonard for not being released in the middle of the season and having, you know, um, a disgruntled view of things because not being able to play on third down. That's that's just me. But um, again, it's just a reminder of, of how just kind of 
crappy of a business the NFL can be sometimes when a player like that um, gets released before his contract is over with the Colts. Matt, we had Eric Edholm on from the NFL Network. I think it was either at the beginning. I think it was the beginning of the week. Might have been the end of last week. And we got into a discussion, uh, a very important one. And and you know, I almost felt bad you weren't part of it because it's right up your alley. Um, and your kind of expertise, your insights would be critical to this sort of a discussion. So I wanted to offer you the opportunity to to join it. Uh, if all of the NFL mascots got into a fight, which one do you think actually wins? Who's the last one standing? There's a, there's a Royal Rumble of mascots? Well, l- let's say, so not, not the actual mascot, so I don't mean like blue, but I mean like a colt, a lion, a jet, a, a titan, a saint. Like they're all, they're all at Thanksgiving, right? And there's only a plate for one, and they're all hungry. Who gets the plate? <laughs> Uh, well, it's definitely not a dolphin. It's definitely not a Texan. Yeah. Let's see. Well, the Texan, if he's got a gun, I mean. Yeah, that's true. Dolphins are very smart animals. They are smart. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a mammal. They, you know, so. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. It's dolphin. Dolphins lack a little punch with those little fins though. It's hard, right? (laughs) Whip you with Um, your tail. The snout's stuff tough though, but see, I, I I, I'm probably, I'm probably going to have to go with a bear. Right. See, I, it depends on the kind of bear. See, that's the problem, right? If it's a polar bear, I would agree. Grizzly bear, probably. Yeah. But then again, somebody pointed this out to me. If I'm not mistaken, and and listen, I I was not one for Greek mythology, but my understanding is the Titans were like basically unbeatable in, in yeah, Greek true. mythology. They had to they had yeah. to like lock them up yeah. because nobody could beat them. And then, you know, saints you get into a whole thing uh, with the saint, uh, you know, what was the saint in life? I mean, were they, you know what I mean? But the, right. you would think that yeah. they're probably pretty placid, I would think. Um <laughs> the, a, a jet is tough. How do you how do you catch up with a jet, right? If it decides to leave, what's it going to do? It's going to jet out of there. I, that's that's all yeah. that's that's a challenge, right? Lion, it, king it, of the jungle. Any any of the birds are out. I mean, we can we can defeat the birds. Jake's right. currently wearing right. a Seahawks shirt. Uh, so. Yeah, the, the Ospreys are out. Right, so too are the the Falcons. Yeah, they're gone. Cardinals. I mean, don't even the Cardinals don't even. But they shouldn't even show right. up. Right. Maybe, maybe the, a Panther. Here's I mean, the I, thing. I don't want to. I don't want to lock. I don't want to lock eyes with a Panther. Let's be know. real about this, Matt. None of the birds are going to want to eat the turkey anyway, right? I mean, they're not cannibals. <laughs> I mean, they're Falcons, right? I mean, come on. Let's yeah, be real. I'm saying either. I mean, a gladiator titan. You know, just, yeah. just think of how how yoked a, 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 a you know, <laughs> right, a, right, an old time titan might be. Uh, he could probably take out a bear. I don't know if he could take out a panther. A panther is probably still going to maul him. See, I love. It. I, I'm a big fan of panthers. I went to North Central, so I'm a panther fan. Right, I, I, panthers yeah. is cool. All right, well, I'm I'm sticking. I'm putting you down as panthers. Is that cool? That's fine. That's, Put me as a panther. That says panther beats titan. All right. All right. Uh, well, we know the Buccaneers aren't going to be up there either. They're just going to be wheeling around that sword. But you will see them on Sunday. Uh, Colts and yep. Bucks at the Lucas Oil Stadium. Matt, enjoy the holiday, man. Enjoy uh, both rounds of it tomorrow and then with your family as well on Friday. And then we'll be listening on Sunday. I appreciate you guys. You guys do the same. Have a great holiday. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Matt, Matt Taylor, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts.